This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. The following interview contains topics that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. If you would like to contact us in regards to any of our content, please email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. That's inbox at realitycheck.radio. Here on Reality Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, you can send me a text, 2057, email me, inbox at Reality Check Radio. For absolutely forever, uh, whether you're a boy or a girl, uh, was determined when you were born. You know, you had the bits. Uh, a moment ago, it was decided that you're not born a boy or a girl. Uh, it's all a big social construct. And it's what you identify as. It's like something inside you, apart from the obvious, that makes you a boy or a girl or something else. You might think this is fanciful. Well, if you do, you clearly haven't got children in the education system. Because trust me, kids coming out of primary school as of this moment think that they identify as a boy or they identify as a girl or they're non-identified they're fluid this is this was what uh my daughter was required to do when she did her test heading off to high school and i said that's insane and she said of course it is but i said did the rest of the class think it was insane she said no they've been taught nothing else the parents are totally unaware well one person that's going to explain something of this to us is the wonderful i've watched her on rumble Wendy Fowler. Good morning, Wendy. Morning, Rodney. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well in one sense because of seeing you and what you're doing. In another sense, my wife is sick of me. She's sick of me because I can't shut up about transgenderism and how it is, to my mind, the total destruction of everything we hold near and dear, Western civilization, families, love life, romance, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a mother, what it is to be a father, all of that is being destroyed for our young people. And parents don't know that it is happening and sort of shrug because it sounds so loony but it's that old saying, give me the child till they're seven or whatever it is that the Jesuits had, and we will make them. And they have done that to a generation of kids in our school system. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right, Rodney. And, you know, for me, um, just looking at what's um, being rolled out for every school for next year um, should make us all sit up and uh, take take serious notice. Um, because what what you've just said is 100% true 100% true we are we are facing uh, the loss of a generation um of our children and and therefore their children because once you start a, a trend which is this is what it is it is a trend it is as you said a thing that is conceived in the mind it's constructed 
and perceived in the heart. Uh, I feel this way. Um, we know that that's and it, and it's sadly it's pushed by what uh, many have now identified as social contagion, which makes it, you know the social media uh, groups that our young ones are on. Uh, they push it. You, you seem to get quite noticed if if you choose to go down that pathway. Um, it's cool. It's cool, right? It is cool. Yeah, that's it's, what it's it, like. When we were kids, we had beetle haircuts, and yeah. the school was trying to make you cut your hair over your ears, and yeah. we'd try and sneak it down. And all through the modern age, there's been rebellious teenagers and rebellious children. Well, what's cool now is to identify as something else. And just being an old-fashioned homosexual is no longer cool. You've got to sort of swap sexes. Yeah. It's Tell me how you became aware of this. I'll tell you what, what worked me up uh, quite with a, with a jolt is um, I, I've been a teacher all my life. I've been a I've been head teacher twice, uh, both in Africa and here. And so I – and I really – when the first the health um, curriculum came – in as a separate curriculum in 2001, um, I think it was, I was responsible as associate principal at, at the school I was at in the South Island to bring that into the whole, you know, the whole school and consult with parents. And so I know that. But then I went to, to teach in a Christian school. We didn't teach any of that stuff. Um, that we had our own program was private. So we were actually doing things quite differently. And then I went into lecturing um, at um ladle college just putting that out there and uh, for 15 years and you know when you lecture you become quite siloed um with just um my uh, my background as of last year my job was terminated as i was mandated out and good i for you. Uh, good yeah for good, you for for <laughs> good for you for me good for you for having that courage that Thank must you. have been very hard it was tough it was tough um, I bet but you, you know, don't regret it now I don't, not a thing, not a thing. You know, I know at that time I had peace about it and I don't regret a thing at all because I see what's going on out there now. I see people, you mm. know, died suddenly. Um, those things we know are happening. I see the the hurt that people and the injuries that people have um, gone through. Heading back just to, so um, I then had more time on my hands. I started to do homeschooling, teach homeschoolers. Um, I'm an artist. Uh, I do commissioned work sometimes. And um decided I would teach the arts, you know, the arts to or visual arts to homeschoolers. And then I started to dig into the homeschooling background and wondered why they were actually not at schools and started to realize, wait a minute, these are reasons why they're not in schools. And some of it was looking at the curriculum. However, just, just to segue slightly, in, in about um, March this year, so I'd been out of um, the mainstream teaching for about a year by then, I, I looked at what was going on worldwide in Australia, in South Africa. Obviously, I've got family there. I worry about them. In the US, which is our, sadly, our Western leader, in, um, in Europe in particular. And I realized that what they had, they, they had an agenda had been set out from about 2010 by the World Health Organization, which was Utterly shocking in, in realizing that uh, as I looked at it, I realized that they were they were talking about pushing a health curriculum onto every Western nation. And so they have. So Europe teaches it. They have been for many years. 
some of the things they're teaching then I've, I've just got to speak about that because I, I wept for about I wept for hours and sorry if I get emotional here but it is um when I saw what they were teaching to preschoolers things like and I'm just going to mention them if that's okay yes please um for instance um mutual mas- masturbation in primary school posters up showing you that these little ones can go behind the cupboard uh, I kid you not it it was it sounds like some other planet well it but it isn't they they use words like um you do not always have to comply we're talking about 0 to 4 years old this is what we're talking about then they go on to um ages 4 to 6 and they talk about enjoyment and pleasure being one of the main things that they should be looking at and again self stimulation in 6 to 9 year olds they were they talked about um Differences of, you know, showing the entire differences of the body inside and out between men and women. Surprise, they called them men and women because they, the, the trans agenda is definitely being pushed there too. But there seems to be, it seems to be more vicious in the sense that sexuality is being pushed on our young ones when they have no idea even who they are. And so here we have transgenderism being pushed on our young ones, but uh, which again makes them, they are vulnerable. They are. They are uh, any teacher who learns what how to teach or what what it, what a child how a child develops soon realizes that they're not ready even to cross a road on their own when they're seven eight nine and yet we want them to decide that they're a different gender and that to decide that um, not being that gender or or anybody who identifies as not being that gender is a stereotype which means I'm a stereotype you're a stereotype. Uh, Rodney and you know my most families that would go to uh, schools here would be a stereotype and then they talk about inclusion but actually what they're implying is bigotry on their behalf because they don't really um, see us as having an equal say into these things and that is a worry just if I could just go one more um, thing in the um, in the WHO program which by the way has just been implemented in South Africa in October uh, so that uh, I followed that. They had a referendum. They tried to push back. It was called the Bella Bill. They um, parents stood up. I heard homeschoolers. I heard one little homeschooler saying, standing up and and giving her own um, representation about why she wanted to be homeschooled. They don't. They want to control even the homeschooling um, curriculum in all areas, including health. And you know the thing is, we belong to the WHO. We mustn't think that we are far behind. We are still we are struggling with horrible things right now. Yes, and we need to stand strong regarding that. But if we look at the trends worldwide, we are only a few, maybe a year behind regarding these things. We some countries pushed back, um, and that was in July this year against the WHO uh, program, which said this is what you've got to teach your children that between nine and twelve they need to learn about their first sexual experience. No, nine good. ages, nine, nine years, to twelve. Old. I kid you not, Rodney. And they you know, should be that any teacher doing that should be in jail. They should be. It's it's child abuse. It's pornography. It's um, grooming. It's grooming. Absolutely grooming. So but, those but, are. Yeah. But how, how is it possible that a teacher in a classroom is talking to a young girl um, about their first sexual experience? How I'm, is I'm that get, possible? 
Yeah, I'll give you an example. I, I've actually watched a training video and um, on which was done in, in the, the Netherlands. Uh, two things that happened on there, a very short video, but it was telling, and this is what this is what made me weep in with uh, with rage, with um, with you know, realizing maybe I'd been asleep at the wheel. Little boy of five, a teacher in Dutch, and I'm, I can understand Dutch, I speak Afrikaans fluently. The teacher in Dutch speaks to the little boy and asks him when he self-stimulates. Does he do it here? Does he do it? This is a this is a teaching video for teachers. So she asks him, where do you do this? When do you touch yourself? Is it is it okay to do it, you know, here or there? Or no, no, you can do it in your bedroom. That's fine. You keep doing it. And this is just a gen this sound, I know children touch themselves. We all we, we've all had kids. It's part of them understanding themselves. But this is grooming once again. A little girl, nine years old, on the same video, uh, asked by another Dutch teacher, dressed very professionally, and um, simply saying, nine years old, um, have you ever, do you know that you have different parts in your private areas, let's say your genitalia? And um, there are, there's a, you know, where there's your vagina, and then there's the, um, where you, you know, urinate, and and then there's a clitoris. And have you ever touched that? And and how does that feel? And the little girl goes, no. And she says, well, uh, when you do that, and if you do this and this happens. So what I'm saying here is, this it sounds utterly bizarre and unbelievable, but it's there. I went onto the WHO site. Um, I've actually been, um, I've actually heard a senator in um, Senator Rennick, I believe it is. In the in Australia, speaking about the same curriculum, he showed it. Uh, it's the same one I show. I copied and pasted every time I when I present on a PowerPoint, I present the stuff. I had to double check that it wasn't year nine to twelve, but it was age nine to twelve, Rodney, when their first sexual experience was discussed. That, to me, there is. Um, it's an interesting emotion to watch with you. It is that you cry yeah because this is the loss of the most precious thing in the world it is which is the innocence of children it is and being a child and these this program is robbing our children of their childhood it is. I'm not, I have no violent instinct in me. However, my reaction to it is to get violent. Yeah, I get it. And it's an interesting thing about a man and a woman because I actually want to attack people that are doing this to our children, just yeah, like right. I desire justice of yes. a paedophile. Exactly. I know there's a difference, yeah, but it's degree. Yeah, and it is degree. I look at my 11-year-old girl, any person trying this on me, I think I would get physical. I've never yeah. been physical in my life. Yeah. I get but that. that's my girl you're talking about. Yeah, I get that. And you know, Rodney, that that is what we 
what we need other parents to be like, you know, because if we're to save these children from the horror of what they're going through now, the stuff I just talked about, yeah, not here yet, but what do we have here? You know, we have um, this constructive thing about you can be any gender, that the school doesn't have to inform parents when when children speak about being a different gender at school, that um, boys are now enabled if they identify as girls here in our country to go into the change rooms of biological girls. That, again, I, I have a son and I said to him when I read the WHO stuff, before I read our stuff, I said to him, when you have kids, son, please let me homeschool them. I will homeschool them the whole way because I I, I was that shocked and that taken aback um, after I collected myself. But, you know, looking at back to what's going on here, you know, we, we go, oh, yeah, that's 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 far-reaching. It's, it's not ever happening here. It's happening. It's happening and it's grooming. And as you said, the grooming starts in different formats and in different ways. And, you know, when we look at some of the things regarding pedophilia, which you just spoke about, even that, even that right now, there was a document during the year and um, which was okayed by the UN, not written by them, but okayed by them, which uh, spoke about decriminalizing pedophilia. Now, when I say that to people, they, they, they just go, that's impossible. Well, I've got, I've got websites. I've got, I've got the programs where I found that. I read the document through from beginning to end. And they talk about because children may want to consent. This is where they come from. And that brings me to a word which is being used in our New Zealand uh, curriculum right now, which is the word consent. It's brought in casually in year one and two, casually. Consent is a legal term. It means two people need to agree to a thing and they need to have informed consent. Yet it's coming in as children should be able to consent to. Well, they can't. They can't. Well, they can't. They can't. And it's even talking about consent, it's dumbing it down as if consent to um, playing with someone or consent to touching someone else's hand or, um, you know, that type of thing. It's being, it's being brought in in a surreptitious way, uh, which was pointed out to me. I was just talking about it and this wonderful Māori um, grandmother said, that is, that is crazy stuff. They just, it's coming in, you know, in a, in a way that just, enables children to speak about the word consent as if it's the norm. And that's, again, is a, it's subtle, but it's a form of grooming because that, you know, people, one of the things that comes that comes out with, um, just, sorry, I've got a whole bunch of things here. In our, um, yeah, in, the, in our gender um, or sexual identity things, you know all of all of those areas there in in what we're dealing with here. Uh, they talk about consent regarding um, anybody, um, you know, making comments about you or playing with you or whatever. And it comes through in every year group. And I had to I actually spoke to a lawyer about the word consent, and she was she just opened my eyes and said, "It's impossible, as you said, for children to consent, no matter what it is," and it's and Consent has has always had a sexual overtone. It's always had, yes. had tones regarding the age of consent for for um, sexual um, intercourse, or or it's to do with um, marriage, age of consent for marriage. You know that that has and and various countries have different things. 
But here it is being brought in slowly but surely. And the idea of changing your gender, as you said, here in New Zealand, is becoming um, as, you know, as easy as picking a new set of clothes every day. Um, oh, and you can change back and forth. Exactly. And, you know, that's in law now, Rodney. That's in law now. Yes. Yeah. Um, my experience was my then 11-year-old daughter. I was awake to what was happening in America because yeah. I follow Matt Walsh and I watched his fabulous documentary, What is mm. a Woman? Good man. And as it happens, my 11-year-old is very uh, mature and unlike my other two. And she and I rolled around the floor watching this, thinking this is what how mad is America. But when it came up in the school for her health curriculum, they said, oh, would you like to see? I said, yes, please. And they sent it to me and I read it glibly, to be honest. And I thought, oh, it looks okay. Yeah. What I didn't realize back then was they had brackets and it said gender identity. And I didn't realize that's code. So my daughter explained the whole thing was about gender identity. Mm. Next thing, she comes home from school, she's 11, and says, You better sit down, Dad. Dad. Oh, oh. I said, What happened? She said, We had all these trans and lesbos turn up and talk to us for two hours. And it was that group, activist group, Inside Out. Yeah. No that parental means. consent. No. Turned up to 11-year-old children as trans teenagers and gay teenagers to explain this is who we are and don't criticise us and you could be like us. And uh, and if you say anything, you're a transphobe. Yeah, that's right. Two hours, no parental consent. Shocking. Then you discover that they go off to the local library and inside out have been there. And the kids, my nine-year-old came home with a bookmark with all these lesbian books being advertised on the bookmark. That's that right. the public library had given her. She's nine. Yeah. Now, this has made me religious. I've become yeah. a Christian this year. Yeah. Join the club. <laughs> made me more made me more of a believer and knowing that I could stand with with the help of the Lord because I don't yeah. Because this is evil. It is evil, Rodney. When I look at it, like COVID or climate change, I think, oh, well, there's a big argument there and people argue this and they say these numbers and it's all confusing to people. And you find yourself continuing having to come up with, no, that's not right, no, that's not right. And it's, they've confused everything and called it the science. Mm. But forever, for every animal, there's never been a confusion over a man and a woman or a male and a female. Yeah. Never. Never. All of a sudden, and it feels like to me a couple of years, but maybe five or six, I think. Maybe you say it goes back to the, the UN was talking about it in 2010. 
Yeah, that was, but not here. Our children know nothing different. Yeah, that's what worries me, Rodney. Yeah. They, they, you know, what, what they're experiencing, they think is the norm. They think it's absolutely the norm that that gender dysphoria is the norm because anybody is encouraged to engage in that um, construct where we know. And, and young girls, like I think of, someone told me about this, maybe in another chat, it's like anorexia. Yes. A young girl looks in the mirror and sees a fat person, mm. whereas they're as skinny as a rake starving to death. And they can be a little unhappy and decide, oh, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. Yes. And, of course, it's interesting. It's It's made me learn a lot because I appreciate women a lot more. Because I never realized until I went through this that I could never know what it's like to be a woman. Never. No. It's impossible. And yet exactly. I've gone through my, it's gone through my whole life thinking, you know, I know what it's like to be well, I've got no clue. Like, <laughs> in a funny way, you've got no clue what it's like to be someone else. But you can't. You can't know what it is to be a man. No, exactly. And and you know, that's that's what makes us unique. And just putting on a you know, a man's clothing or whatever is not going to change the fact that I will always be a biological woman. And changing even going through puberty blockers, which I must say are horrendous, but they're encouraged by people like Inside Out. For youngsters who are in this state of maybe anorexia, as you mentioned, and unhappy, or children, some children who um, are on the spectrum, you know, yes. um, they also get targeted because there are things in their lives which they struggle with. And let's be honest, puberty isn't fun. No one goes, yay, you know, uh, I've got cramps as a girl, or yay, you know, I have to do this every month, or whatever it is, and, and boys have other things going on. And which embarrass them at times, but no one goes. Parents don't go in and and say, "Oh my goodness, just because you're experiencing that, I'm going to affirm you as something else." Because maybe this can change how you. It'll never change. Puberty. We learn later, a few years later, how wonderful it is because we become the people we are. And you know, Bob McCoskey is a. I'm a great fan of his, um, and I've I've read his stuff. I use his stuff, and he says that almost almost. I think 98% that is of children who go through this, oh, I'm not sure, you know, I wish I was a boy. Didn't we all? I mean, as a girl, I, yes. I wish I could run as fast as, as a boy. I ran fast enough as a youngster, but I wanted to run faster as that boy. Because, and so I wished I was a boy for a second. It doesn't mean I change it or, or somebody comes in and, and abuses that and indoctrinates me and, and, and says that this is a possibility. It's never a possibility. Because never. never, nothing changes. And, you know, I've even gone as far as watching uh, uh, transition operations because I wanted to know what I was getting into. And, you know, nothing actually functions as it should anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, many of those are trying detransitioning. I mean, Chloe Cole in the U.S., you would have you'd be yes. aware of her. Many others are going, please save our children. This is a, 
This is an experiment on our children. Uh, let's speak up against it. And that is at Stonewall Institute in the UK, with something like when the figures were looked at, 80% of the people, young people, that they felt were the wrong sex, 80% of them were either homosexual or autistic. Yes, precisely. I've read that as well. Yes. And and the gay community, many of them are up in arms about this. They are. Because they're they are saying they're saying this transgenderism doesn't admit homosexuality, which is a funny thing. Yes, so exactly. So they're being excluded. The whole argument about being homosexual, we've been told, is that you're born that way and there's nothing that can be done about it. But now we have this view that, no, you just choose whether you're a boy or a girl. And we have this ridiculous thing whereby lesbians have to admit men who identify as a woman. That's right. Circle. And That's so right. Lesbians are hot to try. Yeah. I, I, I became reasonable friends with Georgina Byer, mm. who was our first transgender MP. Mm. And she never suggested she was anything other than a man who wanted to be a woman. She didn't say she was a woman. Mm-hmm. She was a trans estate. Yeah. I met a lot of, when I say a lot, two or three transvestites through my work as an MP, one of whom has emailed me, and she's 81 or so, horrified by what is happening. Mm-hmm. Because she said to me, she wished she was a woman, but she wasn't. And she wanted to be a woman all her life and presented as a woman. And she said, to some extent, was accepted as a woman for what she said she is most grateful. Mm-hmm. But she said, I never was a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, these activists came into the movement, she suggested, 20-odd years ago. Mm-hmm. And she said, all alarm bells should be sounding. They should. That's a transvestite saying that. Yeah, Yeah, I know, Rodney. And they see, you know, if they, because they are people who recognize that children are unable to consent to change, unable to consent to take puberty blockers, unable to consent to um, do certain things that think that that groups like family planning and, and, and Inside Out and Rainbow Youth are, are pushing at schools and, as you said, without parental consultation. Now, we know that the children are, are not in the position to make those decisions. They, you know, one day they'll, they'll feel like um, Superman, the next day they might feel like Superwoman, but they remain who they are, and this, this is just part of growing up and part of having some fantasy fun things out there because they've watched a movie on it or whatever the case. It doesn't change the fact that they remain who they are always. 
and it doesn't change the utter harm that that these activists, as you call them rightly, are bringing in, uh, forcing their agenda on our children with supposed consent, uh, consultation, not consent, consultation with parents, which we know from groups like Resist Gender Education has not gone well at all. I've I've spoken with um, quite a few people that I know on a group called, uh, you've interviewed Penny uh, Penny Marie, Marie. Uh, from Let Kids Be Kids, amazing group. I just want to thank them for their support for everything that I do. I just, it blows me away. But um, these these groups have, uh, have clearly pointed out that that our our children are not in the space where they can make these decisions. They are not in the they're not in the space where they should have these things pushed on them. And I know that um, within resist gender education, there are lesbians. I've I've realised that as well. And so they, as adults, understand because we, when we are kids, there is no understanding of what we're getting None. into. None. Nothing. Nothing. And the thank goodness. Is the one. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, yes. yes I get goodness. the sense, apart from the utter depravity and evilness of it, yeah. I got the sense that maybe they're targeting prepubescent children. Yes. In order to transition them ahead of puberty, should they feel the need. And then they say extraordinary things like, oh, if you're not sure, you can just delay puberty. Which I'm no doctor. <laughs> no. But what an absurd proposition. And then exactly. you're you're 10, you can take these pills, which is I understand the pills you give pedophiles to cast chemically castrate. It's them. exactly right. Yeah. And you can have a wee pause. And think about it. And then if you decide to go through with puberty, you can and become male or female. Or you could have surgery and become a male. That's what on earth is going on? And I promise if there are nanas and granddads listening, chances are this is happening in your grandchildren's school. It is. It is. Because and Inside Out will, they don't know. Inside Out will push, will push this um, agenda. And interestingly enough, I just want to share regarding the puberty blockers, yes, um, puberty blockers cause permanent sterility. It's not, you can never recover, can never recover from puberty blockers. Everything halts. The size of whatever you have at the time, prepubescent, stays the size you are. It will never change. So you cannot reverse it. In fact, I was speaking to um, a sitting politician in July, um, good man, believer in, in as well. But I just wanted to say he's a, he's a dad, and I spoke to him as a dad. I felt uh, when when this whole epiphany happened to me in, in April, I, I just said I need, I need some guidance in my spirit regarding who I should speak to, and his name just came to me, and I'm so grateful for that. And I said I spoke to him about these, uh, pu- you know, puberty blockers, and how the Ministry of Health, our Ministry of Health, had said that they were basically safe and effective. Um, in 2017, this is when they stated that they were safe and effective. Um, and he stopped me. He said, "Actually, they're just reviewing this right now, and they're taking out those words, safe and effective. Those weren't the exact words, but they was they meant exactly yes. that. So they they are now realizing. In fact, there's a whole 
um, a lot of documentation that is coming to the fore, which people have dug out and and asked them to reveal that you know they don't want people to know um, certain things in in policy making, and this this whole thing is being reviewed um, around puberty blockers. So he corrected me on that, but he said you are perfectly right. In 2017 and up to now, the Ministry of Health considered puberty blockers to be perfectly safe. And you know if they if we just stop for a minute, besides our and nana's tearing the hair out of the heads and mum's going stop and dad's wanting to kill people because and, and I don't mean that in a real sense, but because of the 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 anger it's, that it built. It's so yeah. primal. It's, it's so prim- primal. it is primal. These are kids, you know. I mean, I don't have little kids anymore, but I've been a teacher all my life, and these are the the lives that are precious. These are lives that are precious. There's one there's one person, um, he's a philosopher, um, and his name is I'm just gonna read this out to you. Just his name's Neil Postman, and he says, You know, children are the living messages we send to a time we will not see. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, and you know, that is what a responsibility! What a responsibility we have. And if we sit back, we're going to lose it, we're going to lose our generation. And so, for me, we Whatever we do now is going to tell in the future. It's going to tell down the line. It's going to tell next year. It's going to tell the year after because next year in every school, this curriculum becomes permanent unless something is done about it. So 2024, it's up to now it's been, it's been scattered around schools because the process of, of approving a program or of bringing a program into schools is that certain schools trial it out. And so that's why we've had these, these things coming out of the woodwork and inside out coming to your school or going to someone else's school and and talking about these things um but if we you know if we sit back and and do nothing about it um we're in trouble and i feel as teachers teachers are not as informed uh, there's some teachers who want to leave because they don't want to teach us stuff yet what do they do they're between a rock and a hard place there's some really good testimony from um a document that i found um, on bob mccoskey's site um, I'm a secondary science teacher. I was forced into a role last year to teach health. Um, and as a scientist, she says, I can't teach this gender stuff. It's not scientific. I can't teach it. And okay. she felt as if she was coerced into it. She was so-called trained and told she had to do it. There is, it, it's, it is a madness waiting to explode if we don't um, speak out. You know, and If we and, find... And Sorry, yeah. if we find um, the remains of an ancient human, thousands yeah. and thousands of years old, we can sort of tell their height and their brain capacity. Yeah. And we can tell whether they're a man or a woman. Always. <laughs> Every cell of your body by your gametes. Exactly. Every cell of your body screams yeah. man. Exactly. Screams woman and XX, XY. And we understand or accept that for some reason some people can be same sex attracted. Well, okay. But you can't change your sex. Can't, no. Unless unless you put in an online form and you have your birth certificate. Tell Which me. our government is allowing, interestingly yes. enough, for thirty-five dollars a shot. By the way, I thought of I thought of doing it um, <laughs> to show you how people how stupid it was, but I couldn't. 
go through with the lie. Mm. Good on you. And that I could put a certificate in and that on the 16th of December 1956, a little girl was born. That is insane. Yeah, it's insane. I had an experience where a big six foot three, four, 260 pound woman with a beard walked out of the girl's changing room at the beach as my then eight-year-old was walking in. Oh, wow. And her eyes were as big as saucers, right? Yeah, which is quite normal, isn't it? That's normal to have big eyes when you see a thing like that. A man, a woman with a beard, right? Yeah. And her older sister said, oh, it's, that's a trans. My children now won't go to public toilets yeah. or changing rooms. Oh. And I wrote to our local mayor because he was newly elected and he was all on about inclusion. And I said, did that include allowing men, biological men who say they are women, enter the public changing sheds at the swimming pool, at the event centre, where my little girls go? And the sod wrote back saying, oh, you're point is noted what sort of leadership have we got for our little girls no protection so a paedophile can declare themselves a woman and sit in the girls changing shed and women's changing shed all day True, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happened. Happens. It's happening everywhere, Rodney. It's happening everywhere in our and country. No one at the swimming pool or the gym can do anything about it mm. because of the Human Rights Act. This That's person right. might have a birth certificate that says they're a woman. That's right. Even though biologically. They're totally a man. Now, I've got to say, I'm a, got to accept that I'm an old man. <laughs> but if I saw a fellow following my girls into a changing shed, I'm pretty certain I would attack them. Yeah. Well... As, an, as a parent, that, that that would be you protecting your child. It wouldn't be thinking. No. No. And and he can protest all the rights in the world. 
I would probably grab my girls and run because I'm a bit of a yeah. sock. But, <laughs> um, this is, where do you think it's, obviously we've got the UN, but where is it coming from? What is, I know, I know about John Money, Kiwi, pervert, yep. Yep. right? Dysfunctional human being, mm. loved Let, by the yeah. left. Yeah. For, fraudulent science. That's totally right. dis, totally disgusting. Mm. He was the one in the 60s and 70s that pushed that gender is a construct. Yeah, absolutely. And did research that was perversion. If anyone wants to look it up, look up John Money. Yeah. You yeah. even find pictures of him with Helen Clark. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Alfred Kinsey, another fraudulent science, mm. total fake, and they have become the so-called experts. Mm. They were deviants to me. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So we have those two, mm. right? But I don't know how you get from the two <laughs> to our local mayor our mm. local school, our yeah. local library, thinking, where does this come from? You know, Rodney, in my uh, in in looking at what I've looked at, um, it's we know it's a left a left agenda. We know it's actually a Marxist agenda, and Marxism aims at destroying the family unit. Absolutely. Now, if that this is one way of destroying the family unit, it destroys in the sense of that child will never reproduce. They will become sterile if they go into puberty blockers. So they will never reproduce. They will never have a functioning family if they have chosen to transition. So they will, and they will never be part of a um, male-female children relationship, which is um, considered which has been considered the family, the family unit, because we know that our civilization is built on family values in this country, any Western country, in, in not only Western countries, but we know that we're, it's built on family values, which consists of a, a mum and a dad and children. And whether people believe in whether they have a faith or they don't have a faith, um, this is still the this is still the way um, that those that push it understand it. And I, I am without a doubt. I, I think they understand for sure that this is what they're doing. They're reconstructing society, and when you do that, society becomes weak in in one way and another. Yeah, and but so it that's, doesn't it doesn't even need the child to transition. I know. They just need the young girl or the young boy to believe that it's a, a, an identity that you choose. That's right. To destroy That's right. Them. Which we know is not is, is a, it's a construct, it's a social construct, as you said earlier. And if you if you think that you choose your identity, I can't see how you can have a healthy, fulfilling life. No. No. As a male or female, no. going through courtship, 
the trials and tribulations, marriage, children. No, you can't. If you think, oh, I just choose to be this, that's robbed from you. Yes, it is taken. So and that is, yeah. Even family. though, even though I'm a girl, even though as I write on every form I fill out, I identify as a girl, my womanhood and my manhood is robbed by ticking that box. Yeah. Yeah. And the marriage is robbed. And it the is. family I don't think that's an exaggeration. No, it's not. It's 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 completely um taken away, utterly destroyed. Also taken away from me is the concept of truth. Yes. And reality. Yes. Because there's not many things that are cut and dried <laughs> in the world, right? <laughs> there's a lot of grey. There is. But a man and a woman cut and dried. Mm. If they can convince us, and they have done on those messages into the future, that you just choose, take yeah. a few pills, have a quick operation, even though they don't do it, they think it. They do. They're lost. They've lost. They're lost. They've lost yeah. truth. They've lost mm. an objective. I look at it like they've taken these tyrants and Marxists, and it's funny that you use that phrase because these days people don't know who we're describing because they think, oh, Marxism—that's an old thing, right? But there are tyrants and would-be tyrants amongst us, typically mm. in academia, mm. also within working their way through academia and big bureaucracies and yep. interchanging between there, who want control. They do. Um, they have hit the jackpot with this one. Yeah. I thought they'd hit the jackpot, funnily enough, with climate change. Because I thought <laughs> if if you can control, back in the early 90s, a uh, professor explained to me, if you can control carbon dioxide emissions, then you control the entire industrial process of the world. Yeah. And this is what this is set up to do. Then I watched COVID unfold. And I thought, my goodness, if you can lock people up, force them mm. to force them to close their businesses, sit two meters away from everyone, go through all this performance of putting a mask on, they can get us to do anything. And yeah. then they can say, take this jab or else lose your job or all your social life. And I think, man, next minute, they convinced our kids that they're not a boy or a girl. That's right. They just choose it. Mm -hmm. They're assigned it. That's it. Now, I noticed in our school, it's all changing a bit. So when I send off an email, they say, no, 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 we're not having inside out. Oh, no, 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 we're not doing all that stuff now. So something's happened. 
But I look at these lovely teachers, seem very nice people, love kids. I had to suffer them telling the kids to mask up and take the jab, which I thought was shocking. Mm. You know, you're being hammered by the principal about how everyone has to have the jab. And you're thinking, when did you become the health expert? Oh, when you're the school principal. Yeah. So you had that. But how is it possible, Wendy, that these lovely school teachers who are mothers and fathers teaching this our kids' lives? Yeah. Well, I, th I know, as I said, there are some that they don't want to do that. Um, I spoke at a Christian school uh, a few weeks ago. They don't have to teach this yet, and I'll say that yet with a, I hope it never happens for them. But there are teachers who want to leave. There are teachers who are refusing to do it, to acknowledge, um, for instance, pronouns, um, because they understand that the repercussions of that child going into becoming a trans person are horrendous. As an adult, they've looked into that and they understand that, whereas the child doesn't understand that. So, and we know that one of our teachers in um, Auckland, I believe, uh, lost his job. Um, lost his registration. His registration, yes. To never um, teach again. Never teach again. Imagine because that. Because he was the only one in the system yeah. telling the truth. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just, what I don't, for, for me, I, I struggle with the fact that some teachers feel it's, fine to just teach the stuff. I really struggle with that. Me too. But then we live in a society which is relative. We live in a society where things change all the time. And and as you say, through academia, teachers have come through academia. They've learned certain certain ways of thinking. And um, they're using this kind of thinking, those that go with the flow, um, perhaps that is where they're coming from. I would just encourage them to stop to stop and ask what they're doing, to stop and check what's happening, to dig in and to find the stuff that they, that for instance, um, family planning puts out, which is a thing called, um, um, what's it called? Something about the journey. Um, and they, you know, family planning is one of the groups like Inside Out and and so on. If, you, if they had to just look at those resources, which the Ministry of Ed recommends, in their documentation, they will realize that certain things like this come out of it. And it, surely if they know that, as you say, surely, surely, if they know that these are things that the teacher needs to explain, um, explain that when we become sexually active, this is to 11-year-olds, we should get regular tests and checks to monitor our health just as we go to the dentist to have our teeth checked. So you see how it's, it's changing the whole thing. It's to totally do with, normalizing it. Yes, normalizing it. And then these are some of the things that the activity cards that family planning puts out in navigating the journey. They talk about um, one of the things uh, for 11-year-olds, 11 to 12-year-olds, it's intermediate level. Um, it's called run, roundabout lusty activity cards. And some of the things that the children are given, they're given work cards. I've seen them. I've seen the documentation. I ordered it. I've got it on my computer. They have work cards which say, Things like, and I'm, I'm smiling because I'm embarrassed, not because it's funny. Things like, 
these are some of the things you should talk about in your groups. Off you go, discuss them. Number one, rub body together with clothes on. Who does that and how? Talk about your experience of that. Talking on the phone for ages, let's talk about that. Let's talk about masturbating self in front of each other. This is from family planning. Let's talk about phone sex. In your groups, off you go, go and discuss that. In your groups, discuss discuss flirty texts and how those work. Discuss anal sex. Discuss. No. Uh, I kid oh you not. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, talking about various, you know, text sex and taking your clothes off and things like that. When that happens, so this is a document or a, a, a resource which is okayed by the Ministry of of Education, and I have heard that, um, and I think it was on. Um, on your programs, one of your programs, that um, some ministers, possible ministers that are, are in national, are, are want to query this, want to query what's going on in the uh, relationships and sexuality education. I'm I'm hoping and praying that that is the case. I know there will be people that will start to speak out because they know more about it. But when you see what I'm thinking is sometimes. Teachers are never allowed to just go off and not be in the classroom. Therefore, they must be maybe doing something differently when these outside groups come in and do stuff with them. Or else they must think that this is okay. And if they do, teachers, I've been a teacher all my life. You can't do this and think it's okay. You can't. Well, we're going to have to stop there, Wendy, because it's so outrageous and shocking. Words fail you. Yeah, they do. do. And you cry, I get angry. I can't shut up about it because it's just so appalling. It is. Everyone's sick of me talking about it because I don't know how to stop it. It's so wrong. You're on Reality Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. What do you know about this? Are we overblowing it? Is it happening at your kids' or grandkids' school? Have you found out? Do you know? Have you talked to your kids about what's happening? It's a tough conversation. Oh, what's the teacher telling you about this? Mm. Send me a text, 2057. Email me, inbox at radio. That was the wonderful Wendy Fowler, who's standing up and speaking out and going around groups, like Bob McCroskey, like Penny Marie, and warning people, telling people what is going on. I started off on sport with Row Edge, but it's deeper than that. This is yeah. an attack on the foundations of our society. It is. Th- thank you for listening. Uh, I don't know how to process it. I even how to end it because it's so shocking to me. Thank you for listening. This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m.